Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Darren Williams Jr. from American Hot Rod Entertainment, and you're tuning in to my buddy TJ, the Nitro Performance Guy. Let's get it. Welcome to another episode of the Nitro Performance Guy. I'm the, your host, the Nitro Performance Guy, and we have a very familiar voice, but he's no longer a guest. He is our new co-host, Darren Williams Jr. It's a great... It's a pleasure to have you. Always great to talk to you. Welcome. Uh, well, yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? Happy yeah. to be on again. It was yeah. just like third week in a row, but now it's a now it's gonna be a regular thing now. now. It's so a this is pretty cool. Let's now go. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so to start off, we got to cover Rick Stewart. We got to talk about uh, the Ice Man. He we lost him uh, Friday. He was the chief starter from 1996 to 2011. Uh, like I said yesterday on your show, I mean, I watched this guy, you know, start these cars for years and is the reason I do some of the things I do when they hit the gas today. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge loss to the NHRA community. But uh, what, what, what do you got about that? Well, nah, just like you said, huge loss for the NHRA community. I mean, just a, a real tough loss. I was hated when I saw the news on social media. I was like, I, I honestly, so I was at the track on Friday at the, at the four wide and there was no talk about it whatsoever. Um, it just because nobody knew at the time. It's not, you right. know, just because they didn't want to talk about it. Just nobody knew. And then I saw it on social media and I remember seeing, I was like, no, you know, you got to remember, you know, we're young. We're in our mid twenties. Like Rick yeah. Stewart was the first chief starter we knew. Yeah. Like, you know, we were, we were a little too young to actually know Buster Couch. Exactly. So, you know, Rick Stewart was the first chief starter we actually knew. So to see of his passing on social media was pretty tough. And like I said yesterday, thoughts and prayers to his family, man. Like tough deal. Absolutely. Um, but in his honor, we're going to go on, we're going to talk drag racing because that's what he would want us to do. Um, so we had the four wise this weekend in Vegas and, uh, it was exciting. It was exciting. You know, it's a completely different track. It's flat. It's one of the best ones that we go to, uh, you know, and all four lanes are great. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw those great runs. Uh, t- talk talked about what you saw at the track on the ground. What did you see there? In the well, as far as performance, well, first off, this has got to be one of the best four wide ra- four wide races of all time, and I'm not just saying that. Like this was legit, like a great four wide race yeah. from qualifying to eliminations. We've seen so many great, consistent, clean runs throughout all four lanes. Like, I mean, we saw some great racing all weekend long. So, uh, to me, like I know people are on the fence about four wide racing. Me, I'm, I don't hate it, but obviously, you know, I prefer two wide racing, but at the end yeah. of the day, I had so much fun this past weekend watching some good four wide racing and then be able to sit on a start line and get blasted by 48,000 horsepower. I mean, <laughs> it don't get no better than that. So I had a lot of fun and you think about top field, just, this was the hottest conditions we've seen all year. You know, Pomona was cool. Phoenix was cool. Gainesville, we've seen conditions that we won't probably see in another tw- next to 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So this was the hottest race of the year. And these guys still got down the racetrack clean, made some great consistent runs. We saw some great mid uh, 370s in top field. Saw some great uh, low to mid 390s in funny car. And then we saw some guys even eclipse that. We saw some, you know, some low 370s and we saw some, you know, 380s for the, from the funny cars. And we're going to get into it. I'm not naming any names because we're going to get into it. So it was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. And, and echoing what you said, I mean, we know when this whole thing started, you know, in 2010, I believe they were a little skeptical, you know, racers, there's still racers that still don't like, it, and there's fans that still don't like it, but say what you want about it. I mean, it's entertaining uh, to say the least. I mean, we got 48,000 horsepower on the starting line. And like I said yesterday on your show, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to pull the shoots 
when you hit the gas in one of these things. So when you get four of them wide open at the finish line, you know, that's hold on all of them over 300, all of them, you know, making good representative runs. I mean, look at that funny car final. I'm just getting a little bit ahead, but like that funny car final was solid. I mean, even, even if we think about like last year, like Mm -hmm. thinking about years past where the funny car final was like close, like all Mm -hmm. four cars getting down there. And so, yeah, we're going to get into it. That That's a perfect segue. We're going to get into it. Let me say so, one quick thing real quick, though. Go for it. So you're talking about, you know, 4Y back in 2010. So, you know, I, you know, never had the worst experience with 4Y because, you know, John Forrest did win the first one. So exactly. I kind of, so, you know, he, <laughs> you know, John Forrest did win the first ever 4Y. So I kind of have always liked it, you know. Right. I mean, you know, he usually is the first to do things and, uh, you know. For a while, I was no different. Uh, so, this is how we did it this week, guys. We did a little different. I'm going to start mixing it up. So, on Friday, after two sessions, yes, everyone, we had four sessions this past weekend. It was so nice to see. I know it's more cost-effective, and, you know, I get all of the practical reasons on why we go three. But to see a nice classic four qualifier, that's cool, you know? Because, you know, you get those guys that get out there and they get their setup run or they're, okay, this is going to be our race day run. And then tonight or in an hour and a half, because, the, the, you know, the turnarounds for those guys were, like, rough. So, you know, in an hour and a half, we're going to try and, you know, set the world on fire. And, you know, we left on Friday with Leah Pruitt on top uh, for Tony Stewart Racing. But we're going to cover the other ones. So we have Mike Salinas uh, rounding out the top six. With a 3.82 at 322 miles an hour. Antron Brown's number five, 3.781, 325 miles an hour. Then we have Brittany Forrest, 3.76 at 329. That's a big speed car. They always got big speed out of that thing. It doesn't matter what the ET is, it's going to be close to 330. It's just so impressive. Uh, Steve Torrance was number three after Friday's sessions were done. 3.761, 324 miles per hour. Doug Kalitta was number two, 3.759, 325. And then Leah Pruitt rounding it off with 3.71 at 326. With that nice looking Code 3 Associates Dodge for Gear Wrench. That was a good looking car. It performed really well. I know I was excited to see that car on top after Friday. Yeah, uh, I believe Leah, what'd you say? She had 371 or 374? 374 one. 374 one. Yeah, and great to see that team lay down some great performance on Friday. You know, she came into the media room and she was like, you know, obviously Gainesville, we only have one session. So we yeah. can't really we can't really sweat over having one session not qualifying. But we came here to Gainesville. I mean, excuse me, Las Vegas, lay down two great runs in the first day. And she gave her credit to Neil Strasbaugh. Yeah. You know, new crew chief, new head crew chief this season. And, you know, he's making things work, you know, here in Las Vegas. And so two great runs on Friday, put him number one. So great performance for Leah Pruitt right out of the box. Yeah. Uh, she actually wasn't the quickest at, to 60. Because I always like looking at the 60s. Uh, 838 for Clay Milliken who had a new crew chief this weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, but 839 for Leah Pruitt at 60 foot. And then at the uh, 660 mark, she was about three seconds flat. That was kind of expected this weekend. Again, we like to see the, the top fuel cars that they're really running out the back end at about two, three seconds flat, uh, if not quicker. But 
we saw some good some good some good performance out of that car and i think like you know like you said like you said with neil strawspot this is a new team mm. let's let's just let's just be honest this is a new team she's been working with uh todd okahara for years mm. uh, so this is the first time she's not working with him in a long time so there's growing pains there's you know the crew has to gel like why and I, I this is a, a side note here, but why is Steve Torrance so good? Because he keeps his team together. Yes, you know the people that perform well are the ones that keep their team together. They have yes. the good chemistry. They have good energy. So it's not necessarily always on the driver. Yes, uh, you know it's got to be A, B, C, and D too for these cars to do for to go right. It's not just oh well we're gonna have a good car. We got good parts. We got the good crew chief and we got a good driver, but your crew is crap. You're not going to win. Mm-hmm. I agree. I so agree. It, it's, you know, just, just had to say that. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to move on to uh funny car. You got anything for uh, that first two sessions of top fuel before we move on? No, nah, like I said, at the beginning of the show, just, you know, great clean runs right out of the box. Like you said, four sessions this time, you get one right out of the box at 1230, get your setup right, lay down in Q2 um, about an hour, two and a half, two and a half hours later. So it was a great day on Friday. Yeah. And I got to say, uh, <laughs> being in Central Time, <laughs> waiting on y'all to start, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, because I know and with NHRA TV, this is another great side note with NHRA TV, which is great, by the way. I've been using my co-hosts in HRA TV. Don't tell anybody. Uh, but anyway, uh, you got to really know the time zones and things like that. Because when you go on the schedule for NHRA, they tell you when they're yes. going to fire. Yes. But they tell you in the local time. So you yes. have to know that. Yes. <laughs> or you're going to miss something. Like I did, you know, when I first had it, you know, with Gainesville last year, I missed the session because I didn't do the math. Well, here's the thing, though. So why are we starting at 1230 in the afternoon in Las Vegas and another session at three o'clock? Like, I thought Vegas is when the lights come on, right? We're going to. Well, I didn't really have time for this or but but it doesn't matter. You know how we do over here. You know, Friday night under the light. Just it doesn't matter when the night is. It could be Sunday night. The point is night. Our sport is unique in the in the respect that when they hit the gas and they do what they're supposed to do, there is an extravagant fire show that happens. That's just what's expected. That's what draws people to the sport. You know, that's our, you know, when we, when we show the, the, the commercials and all that good stuff, you show header flames. So if I'm going to Vegas and this is my first round, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to see header flame. Well, you will. Cause there's header flames all, at all times of the day, but you really want to see that you know, that beautiful, luminescent, spiritual kind of experience that you get under the lights. And, you know, I, I don't really don't know why we're kind of getting away from that because that's kind of what is what that's what makes us unique. The head of well, flames. Well, you know, and me and Dave W text back and forth about this, you know, and I know the reason why they have four sessions was so everybody can get a run each lane. But, you know, we talk about, you know, let's tr- let's try something different. You know, let's 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 get. Let's get three sessions on Friday, you know, one at five, one at seven, and then or maybe one at three, one at five, and then the last one at seven. You know, have that last one at night. Well, actually, it's it's summertime, so it don't get dark till eight. So whatever. <laughs> schedule, schedule it to where the last session is at night, right? And yeah. then we race at night on, on Saturday, you know? Yeah, yeah we only have three yeah, rounds. Yeah. 
we only have three rounds anyway. So start from round one at five, round the semis at seven, and then the final at nine. You That's know, I'm just you know that you say that because we're gonna talk about this because that was actually one of the things Larry Dixon suggested that we do. So well, that's that's where I got it from. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that's what I agree with. But I agree right? with it though. Yeah, I agree with I, it. I do and, and it's okay, we're gonna we're gonna get to it, people. But it, it, but it's just <laughs> I just wanna say this quick. It's just, you know, I understand NHRA's decision to schedule it the way they do. You know, yeah. like if we're racing, you know, why have night sessions of qualifying if we're just gonna race in a day? Yeah, you know, it doesn't kind of it doesn't kind of add up. And also Vegas, people want to go out afterwards. So let's hurry up and get it in so people can go out afterwards. I think I believe Alan Reinhardt said that a while back. You know, we schedule this early so, you know, people can go out and hang out and do stuff. You know, the fans go out and do stuff, you know, afterwards after they go to the drag races. So yeah. I understand that. And here, too, you know, I'll be in Charlotte and I'm sure they'll be racing a night for a while in Charlotte. So I can't really complain. They absolutely you know? will. They absolutely so. will. Uh, so in the first sessions of Funny Car, we had. The old man sitting on top, and we'll get there, though. Uh, so Chad Green, 404, was number 11th best. Let me tell you what. Funny cars. Look, funny cars are, they understand the assignment, and they've studied for the test. Like, I mean, we, we're seeing some really good performance out of the fun, out of the floppers, man. Like, number 10 is 3.7 or 3.974, 320, Tim Wilkerson. That's number 10. That's 10th best on Friday. Then we got Lexus DeJoria, 3.961, 322. JR Todd, 3.94, 327. Now we're starting to get below, sub 3.95, right? And we're still not even in the top five, right? And then we got Cruz Petragon, 3.940 at 322. Robert Height, 3.931, 327. Uh, and he was number six best. Ron Caps on Friday was number fifth, number fifth best. He was fifth best, 3.921, 324 miles per hour. Now we're starting to get into the cool kids here. We got Bob Tasker with that beautiful BG uh, paint job. That That's, I tell you what, that was a nice looking one. I, I like that uh, PPG one that he uh, wears. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, that BG Hot ride. That was a slick looking hot ride, man. I, tell, I bet it looked really good uh, under the Vegas uh, sun. So I did. It did. Yeah. And, you know, he uh, he laid it all out for me what BG was. Uh, but, man, I thought that was a, a Jim Dunn paint scheme. <laughs> At first, when you think, when you look at it, you're like, but then you forget, oh, no, that's Bob Tasker. Yeah, listen, we're, Jim Campbell and Jim, uh, I'm sorry, Jim Dunn, that car. It's like I don't know what to equate it to, but it's like it's like the girl that gets her hair done every couple weeks, and it's a different hair job or hair job. It's a different it's a different hairstyle every week. That is Jim, and they look really good. I mean, that no, car do. is consistently one of the lookers in the field for sure. Um, so Bob Tasker three point nine two one three hundred thirty one miles per hour. Now we're starting to see him. And then Matt Hagen, he runs the biggest speed of the weekend, uh, 3.920 at 332.92 miles per hour. So go ahead and give him 333 for that one. And then you got Blake Alexander in the number two spot on Friday night, man. 3.913 at 324 miles per hour for head racing with that beautiful Dylan Cromwell tribute. Uh, it won best appearing car and it was 
well-deserved. Uh, and I bet that looked amazing under the sky as well. With with I, It looked so shiny on TV. Yeah, it did. And it reminds me of like an old 90s throwback paint scheme, you know, with all the colors, the orange and the purple and the white and just the way, the, the way it like sat on the car and stuff like that. And really yeah. cool tribute to Dylan Cromwell. But nah, man, I mean, to, to come out of the box, don't even have a trailer a week before Gainesville. You know, you get to Gainesville and the qualify as good as they did and go all the way to the final. And then the run as good and consistent as they did, first race out. And then to come back and back that up with a great performance of qualifying again in Las Vegas. I mean, just wow. Wow. Yeah. And I hope they can continue this consistency. Hope it continues uh, out in Houston. And I mean, let's see. I mean, you missed the first two races and you're only 10 points out of 10th place. Like, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Right. And and the car is not just running down there and just getting down the racetrack. I mean, 391. Running right? good, right numbers, right? Yeah. Like right with right in there. I mean, he he's above Matt Hagen, Bob Tasker, Ron Caps, Robert Hyde on Friday night. You know, he's mm-hmm. above them. And then we got the GOAT up at the top. John Forrest, 3.887, 327 miles per hour for that peak. Blue Def, Platinum, Chevrolet, Cornwell, et al., all the other sponsors that he has for him. I mean, that John that John Forrest car. I mean, let, let's look at the incremental numbers. 872 not not bad not not bad uh for in a funny car uh 2.235 at 330 again not not bad uh you know they're running them a different way but then look at 660 3.145 that was something that he ran in st louis last year when he when the shoot came out Mm -hmm. and he actually could have got the number one spot on that run if the shoot hadn't come out but Three point, I mean, sub three fifteen to the eighth mile for a funny car. You're gonna see something pop up on the board, mm-hmm. um, and then that three three eighty seven or three eighty eight with the seven pops up down there. Three twenty seven. I mean, three twenty seven is nothing to stake, uh, shake a stick at. Uh, that 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 car is doing well, doing well. Uh, but we know it's still qualifying, so we gotta we gotta keep going but like i said that john force car i mean it was the best in testing this year and then the year um i want to say it was nine yeah it was 19 when they went testing he also had the better car in testing now he didn't we, we know what happened he didn't end up winning the championship but that car was on fire that whole year i mean st louis 384 you know mm-hmm. and that was just a tenth off of robert who was the you know the track record holder there. So that car, we all know, and we all know he likes to go fast and quick. Uh, but what, what do you say about that performance of that car? Like it's, it's, you know, they're missing a little bit, but again, th- this stuff is hard. So, but when it, when it sticks, it sticks and it's right up there. But what, what, what do you guys say about that? Well, I mean, first off, we all know Danny Hood, great crew chief, and we know he's a very aggressive crew chief. Danny Hood yeah. likes to get after it. He is not shy <laughs> about getting after it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to consistency. Yeah. And that's just something they haven't had. I mean, John Forrest right. had a – I wouldn't say he, he's had a great qualifying car because, I mean, he qualified on the bump in Pomona. <laughs> and right. then he, he's struggling in qualifying in Gainesville. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen him run a number in Phoenix. We've seen him run a number in Las Vegas. But, you know, they can't – they to start the season, they haven't been, been able to put it all together on race day. Yeah. So if, if they could just find that sweet spot and that consistency, watch out for John Force. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so that was how they shaked up after the first two on Friday. So on Saturday, after four sessions now, 
we got some different number one qualifiers. And I love I let me tell you what, as a fan deep down of the sport, I love seeing that number one qualifier change on the second day. Because that means they're getting after it. They're like, hey, okay, we're we're confident we're gonna be good for tomorrow. We got our setup running, we know what we mm-hmm. need to do. Let's go after it. We, mm-hmm. we don't have anything, we don't have anything to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh but Mike Salinas for top fuel, he almost didn't make that run. He had some MSD. Mm-hmm. Box issues, which I thought was so interesting, and Rob Flynn kind of pulled. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, not Joe, the, the guy who's on the starting line. Who I can't think what? of his name. Assistant crew chief. No, uh, the guy on the microphone. Joe hey, Costello. You know, no, he used to do what this guy is doing now. He's kind of like the in between. There's a cleanup, so we gotta. Here's, you know, hey, you can win this shirt or whatever. Oh, 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 the new guy. I, yeah. I can't think of his name right now either. Yeah, I know okay. you're talking about. Yeah, well, bl- yeah. Bless his heart. It's nothing yeah. personal. We just yeah. don't take it personal. No, I legit <laughs> I legit know his name, but for right now it's not coming to me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we watch every week and we, anyway, but I, th- I feel like it's Jason. I don't know. But anyway, he was, uh, Rob Flynn kind of pulled him aside after the interview and was like, hey, let me tell you what happened with that. We almost didn't get up here. <laughs> and then he goes down there and lays down a number. We're going to start from the bottom though. Leah Pruitt making another solid pass, 376 6, 321. Uh, Steve Torrance is above her in number four, uh, 3.66. Same ET, uh, bigger speed. So he gets the, the nod, uh, 324 28. Antron Brown is above them, 3.762. Just look at how close they got. These guys are like, look mm-hmm. at this. Like, we're, we're talking about thousands of a second here, three hundred twenty-four ninety-eight. So again, like that's really close. Him and Torrance basically run the same speed here. If you take off the last two numbers, I mean, right? Uh, we got Clay Milliken, and we're gonna talk about him. Uh, actually, before we talk about anything else, Clay Milliken three point seven five seven at three hundred twenty-seven. 35 big speed the guy knows how to go fast we know that and then mike salinas is going to get it on the last run of qualifying 3.722 at 324.59 miles per hour 837 60. i believe he was the only car that day that was sub three seconds 2.990 291 i mean look you know you know we talk about mike salinas here because that's not a car that you, that's not just the car that you can just go, oh, well, you know, no, you're going to have to win. The, you're going to have to earn this one. Mike Salinas, we, you know, we don't, we don't even need to go in that. We're going to talk about Clay Milliken, though. But Mike Salinas, I'm telling you, that car is solid. And it really is solid. And they've had a great car all year long. But I, I hate to I hate to upset you right now. But being life of media, you know, I did not get to see the run because I was in the media room working on right. a video. So, <laughs> so, so. Hey. Hey, also, folks, (laughs) our new co-host here, he uh, is doing some work with Competition Plus. And we know that's, I call it, that's our shave room. That's the NHRA shave room, man. I don't go to the NHRA website for news. I go to the Competition Plus. I have the app. It's right here. (laughs) But, yeah, so congratulations again for that, you know. Ah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate you know, that. You know, you know how I am. I lift my people up, lift my bros up. So Clay Milliken gets a new crew chief this weekend. Mm-hmm. Jim mm-hmm. Oberhofer. Jimbo. He's, he's a little familiar with a top fuel car, I think. Yeah. And I mean, 
like we've seen him, you know, tune a funny car the past couple of years and mm-hmm. haven't hasn't had that much success. Right. You know, does this mean now he can, you know, he's back re- what he's familiar with, the top field dragster. Can he put Clay up there with, you know, the Steve Torrances and the Britney Forces and the Mike Salinas? I mean, sign yeah. will tell. But like we've said a lot, you know, Jimmo blows up a lot of stuff and being yeah. with Clay. You know, they don't have the biggest budget. So, right. you know, Clay can't blow up a lot of equipment like, you know, but Jimmo's a great crew chief and he'll get it figured out and he'll make Clay a lot more competitive. So I believe in Jimmo and I'm happy to see him back on the top of the traction. I hope to, I hope to see him do well. Yeah, I've, I've always been. Look, those Overhoffer brothers, I've always been a fan of them. We grew up watching them tuning on these cars. Um, I think time will tell, of course, you know, that, that's the story with all of these guys. But I really think that might be what Clay needed. You know, I, not to say that Mike Clover is is a slouch because we know that guy. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. You know, he was running 360s a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. You mm-hmm. know, so we know that Mike Clover still knows how to tune a top fuel car. Uh, but from what I understand, it might have been some, um, you know, upper heads and, and, you know, differing opinions. I don't think it was because, hey, you're not doing your job. So, at yes. least from my point of view, the Nitro Performance guy, the guy was doing his job. So we, we can't take anything away from Mike Clover. He's a KG veteran. He knows how to tune these cars. Yeah, and just from what I've heard and through the grapevine and everything like that, just they needed a culture change over there. That's it. So just leave it at that. Um, yeah. they, need a, they need a culture change over there, and they made a change. So yeah. hopefully and, it works out for the best for both of them. Yeah, and, and, and uh, best of luck to Mike Clover. Uh, we know he's got some experience with funny cars, so we might be able to see him turning the knobs on a funny car soon who knows um but i just wish i just wish clay and mike could have got that win together in top fuel yeah just, i really man, want to see it i really I re- to see I it. wish just now knowing that's not going to happen it's just yeah. man wish that could have happened yeah that's what i thought when the news came out and actually you said something first and i was like oh no so that means i won't get to see my dream of seeing those guys in the winter circle with the wally together so i mean they've had uh, chances though just can never get it done in the final yeah they've had chances they've had a lot of chances and and we know about nhra nitro drag racing you're not gonna get too many chances yes not gonna get too many chances uh but (laughs) there was a little drama in the fourth session of nitro funny car uh with steven ditchum uh going down the racetrack making a pretty solid run to get in the show and uh, was DQ'd due to a zip tie. And uh, then Jason Rupert gets in the show. So uh, that that's always, you know, we, we don't get to see everything at home. Uh, but I'm sure it was quite interesting to be at the racetrack when that happened. Uh, did you see any of that? Put me on the spot here. <laughs> so, again, again, life is media. So here's the thing. We, we were doing this there's times where you can't watch every run because you're either putting out an article or editing a video to try to get out in time. Um, Most of the time I can watch every run, but Q4, you know, I made it a point to get a lot of my work done during that session. So a lot of times I would hear it over because they have the PA running in the, in the, in the media room. So you could hear, hear it while, but I'm not actually watching it. But from what I've heard, you know, obviously he made the run, but what I was told afterwards, yeah, he had tried to to zip lock, zip lock the parachute. I wouldn't call it a zip lock. I don't know if it was actually a zip lock. They tried to use but he tried to use some type of object object to to put the parachute back in uh to tie it back together and nhra didn't like that and uh i was told that dincham kind of you know went after nhra or not went after him but had some words for nhra and they didn't like it so they they said it was you know that was unsafe for what he did and threw him out so that's what it was told that's how i was told okay. i don't know if that's the correct story but that's what i was told and uh dincham was thrown out and rupert was uh was reinstated 
Yeah, that that's what we'll go with. Uh, but we know we know that. Uh, I mean, I I go back to two thousand four, where John Force made a qualifying run, and this was before they were allowed to have ride height sensors on the cars. Mm-hmm. And John had a ride height sensor on the car, and his qualifying run that was pretty solid mm-hmm. was thrown out because he had a ride height sensor on it. So mm-hmm. we know that you know, and, and I get it. If if it's it's not necessarily like it's giving you an advantage or so to speak, but it's something the other cars don't have. So therefore, yes. you cannot have it, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So but, I get but it. I think, but I think in this situation, I would like I said, as it was told to me, NHRA could have looked past it, but yeah. just because of you know everything that was said in between, you know, it, yeah. it was like, well, no, that's unsafe. You know, you're out, Jason Rupert, you're in. So that's just how it, that's just how it was told to me. This the what it was told to me was from a member of actual Jason Rupert's team. Gotcha. So a pretty reliable source that I would oh, say. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Uh, but congratulations for them to get in there. You know, uh, it's a tough break for Steve Dinsham, but we've seen that that car can perform and get down the racetrack. So they'll definitely be back. Uh, but we know drag racing can get. I mean, this is this is a especially in the nitro classes the tv doesn't really do it justice you know you're on the ground i know because i'm there too uh you know these are these are some hotheads you mm-hmm. know these are these are a bunch of hotheads that have these big corporate names on their on their fire suits and they can't necessarily say everything they want to say uh, but sometimes they do <laughs> well i mean you talk about jason rupert and, and gary dincham yeah i mean these are you know two guys from southern california yeah you know and they both race in nostalgia cars you know i love the nostalgia series like mm-hmm. i love me some nostalgia funny cars so seeing yeah. both these guys you know and vegas in vegas I, I root for both of them and i want to yeah. see both of them do great Excellent. you know yeah so hate that dincham was knocked out but it's really cool to see jason rupert in the show though yeah you know yeah so. for sure and you you know me we we celebrate the independent uh, racer on this show you know because you remember vegas last year when <laughs> all three went down down goes frazier boom mm-hmm. boom boom and mm-hmm. i love those kind of stories I, I don't i don't really like the word upset uh because it's not and, and that's what i say all the time and then we're gonna we're gonna we are gonna go to funny car people i promise but you, we talk so that's what i don't like saying upset because you're kind of discounting what this team worked really hard to do in nhra nitro drag racing there is no guarantee that what you think is going to happen is going to happen you go up there number one qualifier they ran so great in qualifying oh just anybody right they they qualify number one there's a chance they could go and smoke and number 16 could win and we've seen that but i don't like using the word upset because you know everybody's got an equal shot out here you know everybody's got the same twelve thousand horsepower under the hood so I don't call it an upset, but mm-hmm. I understand it's, you know, sports, you know, we, we know we watch other sports too. We know what upsets are. Oh, well, we expected this team to win. They didn't. That's an upset. Ah, you know, <laughs> me, I, cause I, again, everybody's got the same kind of situation going on. Now there's not the same money. We know that, uh, and there's not the same kind of backing and same kind of brain trust on every team, but I don't know. It's, it, that's why they don't run them on paper. I, I remember when Mike Dunn used to say that on the old uh, ESPN broadcast. They don't run them on paper, and that's why. That's why I would have to disagree. Okay, <laughs> I mean, if if you're a Jason Rupert and you take out Ron Cap's first round, that's an upset. 
like like you said you never know when nitro in the tank anything can happen you yeah. never know it's so unpredictable but when you got a crew chief like john medlin and dean dean guido antonelli that know how to tune a funny car and not saying they don't know how to tune a funny car with jason rupert's i mean yeah. he's a he's a multi-time like let me tell you this jason rupert is a multi-time champion in the nhra hot rod heritage series like yeah. that dude can drive a funny car yeah like and they know how to tune a funny car i'm just saying when you talk about you know a guy like ron caps in, in the big operation he has compared to you know jace rupert's operation if yeah. jace rupert goes out there and, and upsets ron caps first round i'm calling that upset for story wise you know i love like david oh, w. Yeah. said I'm, I'm i'm all about the story so oh yeah you, we just have march madness when you think of uh what was uh what was that team uh saint peter's yeah. you got saint peter's going to the sweet 16 yeah, you know it's just you know <laughs> Everybody, everybody on that St. Peter's team are all great basketball players, right? But they're not to the level of the teams that they beat. I forgot who they beat in the tournament, but you know, you think of players. That's what I'm saying. So you know, you think of you think of the Power Six conferences, a a team from the Pac-12. You know, those players are just better than the players that whatever conference St. Peter's is in. You know, so I, you know, yeah, I I, I get. Hey, listen, I I'm one that has been blessed that I can see both sides of every argument, every single (laughs) argument ever. And I get that. It's not really an argument. It's not really a disagreement because I see that. I understand. And that's what we grew up hearing. It's an upset. Mm-hmm. And we know, like, John Forrest goes up there and he's racing, you know, Stephen Densham. If Stephen g- gets the win, yes, that's an upset. I just personally like to give people, you know, I just, I like no. to give people, you know, well, yeah, everybody out there is working hard. Like with NHRA yeah. drag racing, we know all the teams out there are working extremely hard, and you don't want to see anybody out there do bad. Not yeah. one driver. Exactly. It's just because even even if you dislike the driver, you don't want to see them do bad because you just there's so much amount of effort, blood, and sweat, and tears that goes into the sport. You yeah. don't want to see anybody fail. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, if you take a John Forrest, who's a 16-time champion, 154 national wins, you know great has all the money the backing the sponsorship and everything going up a, a little guy let's say i've just said jason rupert let's go jeff deal now if jeff deal can upset john forrest that's an upset oh yeah you know so i hey i understand i get it because again we're we're on a different we're on a different level now we we it's about the story so mm-hmm. i definitely understand definitely understand and then i think i'm sorry i just want to say this one last thing and i go think for a guy like john forrest you know knowing from where he comes from you know, John Forrest does not like to lose. Like he's the ultimate oh, competitor. Right. Like John Forrest wants to win all the time. Yeah. But if he does get beat by Jeff Dio or a, a Jason Rupert, he's like, well, hey, that was me one day. Well, yeah. at one point, yeah. you know, struggling to to make the races and you know make runs and stuff like that, and trying to figure out a combination, trying to figure out how to win. You know, that was exactly. me. You know, so yeah. I think he respects he respects those guys. This For is my sure. opinion. I think he respects the the Jason Ruperts and the Jeff Dios and the, the Gary Dinchums, the Stephen Dinchums, and all yeah. that. You know. Oh no, I, I definitely. Uh, echo that I mean because he started you know not not everybody started you know in the corporate car on the on the nice big team with good funding not everybody started like that some some of the racers that we see today did Mm -hmm. but John Force did not and -hmm. that's why I think a lot of people you know give him a lot of crap for you know just whatever you know I just think people like to hate things and that's okay whatever if that's what makes you sleep at night that's okay but this guy is a truck driver and was blowing up stuff left and right when he started to be the greatest drag racer in the history of the sport, like as undisputed. You cannot tell me, you cannot tell me anything different. Like, come on. But anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get let, let's get back to it. That was a long no, tangent. We'll, 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 hey, let's hey, get back to it. We'll do tangents. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> but in 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 respect to the tangent, there wasn't many. 
we we the only run we really need to talk about <laughs> is the Ron Caps run. Yes. 3.883 at 331.45 miles per hour, getting it done by four thousandths of a second. 331. Again, I told you last week, this car is coming with the big speed on the big end now. Like, yeah, they, what I think they said they were doing some, uh, some not modifications, but they did something with the camshaft. And which is cool to know that even at that level, there's still some hot riding going on. There's still some, you know, modifications that though minuscule that can be made little advantages that they can make. Uh, again, there's that number again, that John force. Let me see. Oh, one thou quicker than John force at 660, 3.144. John force was 3.145. Man, you gotta look at the incremental numbers, folks. If you if you want to follow drag racing like a big boy, you gotta look at the incremental numbers, man. I'm tell you what, you might not know what you're looking at, but you start to see patterns. Mm-hmm. And again, sub three fifteen to six sixty, that is getting it in a funny car. Mm-hmm. And you might be I'm, you might be happy that I say this. I tell you this though, but. I actually saw that run. I was able to see that one. Excellent. I was I was I was outside of that one, and it was cool because when he goes on down through there, I remember John Force went three eighty eight on Friday, yeah. and then but I forgot to the foul what he went. I remember John went three eighty eight, but I forgot to what to the foul was. I know it's three eighty eight seven, but then uh, for Allen kind of took a while before he says, and Ron Caps goes to the top, and I was like, yeah, that that was a stout run right there, but. Man, you talk about it. Ron Caps going out there and getting the number one spot in Q4. That was a straight badass run in the heat of the day. In the heat of the day. That, that was at a, on a 118-degree racetrack. Yes. When Top Fuel fired for uh, Qualifier 4, it was 122 track temp. Now, we know the sweet spot for these cars is like 80 degrees to like 110. Like, that's mm-hmm. when you can really get after it. And, I mean, you can get after it if you set the car up right, right? I mean, the cars want to go that. They want to go fast. So it's really hard to back the cars down. And that's what Alan says. Like, you know, when you get those those Superman run or the Superman conditions that we had in uh, Gator Nationals, if I'm a top fuel crew chief, I'm like, dang it. Because, again, the goal is to make the same amount of power everywhere we go doesn't mm-hmm. matter how good the conditions are. doesn't matter how good the track is. You are supposed to be making the same amount of power at Denver that you do at St. Louis. And we know those are con- two completely different tracks. But to go out there and do it on a 118-degree racetrack, 331 miles per hour, 388.3, to get the number one spot. I mean, again, that was another one I wasn't expecting. So, Do you know where I think that came from? What? Having an extra session. And here's here's the thing. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we had these, you know, Star Wars type conditions in Gainesville, but only one qualifying session. So we saw, you know, the crew chiefs didn't want to really get after it in Gainesville because, you know, you know what was going to happen because we have never seen conditions like this. Right. Just imagine if we had got all three sessions in Gainesville and they had that condition on Sunday. We would have seen like astronomical Star Wars yeah starship i'm trying to think of something super fast light speed <laughs> type numbers <laughs> like we would have seen some amazing like like we saw it in the pro stock classes right yeah just uh, just imagine what we could have seen in the nitro classes just imagine 
listen. Like so, the so the national record was three sixty two, right? Yeah. Oh, they could have probably we could have probably we could we could have probably been in the three fifties in the fifties, and that's what that's what uh, Antron said in the booth. And you hear Allen say, "Oh, I don't know about that." <laughs> you don't know about that. Three seventies were already in the three seventies in the funny cars. You they were. I just think that is amazing that the funny cars that are heavier, shorter wheelbase, are getting down the racetrack in the 370s? Excuse me? Now, it would have been hard. It would have been hard to get into oh, the 350s, yeah. yes. But, I and, mean, and if window, somebody... And the window for error, we know, yes. from Bristol, is, like, this small. So if you miss yes. it by a little bit, you're going <laughs> to... We don't know what's going to happen to the Here, car. Here's a question. I forgot to look this up. Do you remember how similar the conditions were in Bristol to Gainesville? I, I forgot to look that up. Because I remember Bristol, hmm. we had never raced in conditions like we did in Bristol in the fall. Right. So I, I I forgot to go back and look and just see how similar those conditions in Bristol were to the ones in Gainesville. I know the ones in Gainesville, the one in Gainesville was superior, far bar, far more better. But yeah. just from you know the cool air to you know having never ran in Bristol at that time of year, I just wanted to know how similar they were, okay. if similar at all. We'll have, we'll I want to go back and check that up. Look yeah, that up. We'll have to look that up. All right, Darren's gonna look that up for us, guys, because I'm curious now. That's yeah, interesting. Okay. All right. Let's get to race day. Cause we got we got stuff we got stuff to talk about. Thirty six cylinders, each producing more than three times your average family vehicle. We got four wide nitro eliminations. We start with top fuel as we always do on Sunday morning. We the first pair. Well, technically, it's noon this time. We started oh. at twelve this time. <laughs> Yeah, y'all really threw me off because it's like I'm sitting at the the computer waiting for it to start, and it's like two o'clock my time. I'm like, okay, when are they going? Yeah, it's noon this time, and they're just starting to do the track walk, and it's not two; it's almost two, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, we're at work though; we got to sit there. But anyway, you're right; it was noon, but it it was first pair, uh, or first pairs, because it's two pairs here. So the way I did it, I just did one, two, three, four. As, as they did the lanes, and it was kind of interesting to watch how they picked the lanes because there was no better lane. I mean, you're not going to go up there and say, oh, well, <laughs> lane three is trash. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. What did, cl- uh, what did uh, Cruz say a couple years ago? <laughs> Fix your clutch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, so we got Jim Maroney for American Flow Tech, Austin Proc, the Montana brand. Man, how good is it to see that car back out there? Next to Justin Ashley, another young gun in the sport with Phillips Connect, and then Clay Milliken with the new crew chief parts plus. How about Clay Milliken's gonna get there first and Austin Proc is gonna advance? Because guys, just so you know, there's four cars on the racetrack. The first two and the first two rounds advance. Uh, so you you can actually lose the race and still advance. And that that was Austin Proc's story. Uh 3.768, 321 for Clay Milligan, and 380 with a 3, 324 for Austin Proc. Austin Proc had the best speed of that quad. Uh, the best 60 came from Clay Milligan. And how about Jim Maroney getting the best reaction time out of that? 021. He was ready. Mm-hmm. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Justin <laughs> Ashley, number two in the points. Yeah. Out of here. Out of here. That's what we're going to talk about. He's going to interject with the points, people, because, I mean, we saw some big points hitters going down, going mm-hmm. down. And that's the thing about four wides. It happens so quick. I mean, mm-hmm. we with 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 two wide, we got four rounds uh, with uh, four wide. We got three. 
So you got to think, you know, they're getting four down at a time. They're getting through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, we, we saw some, some big hitters going down like that Phillips connect machine. Like I don't think smoke the tires right at the hit, smoke the tire at the hit. And I smoke wonder, tires at the hit. I wonder, cause I say this all the time too. I wonder if it was mechanical because we rarely see cars miss it like that. Again, mm-hmm. like there was there was a time back in the day where I mean they would hit the gas and the car would just stand up, start twerking. Mm-hmm. You know, I say twerking now. The car mm-hmm. started twerking, but that rarely happens these days, uh, unless there was a mechanical failure. So I want I want to know what happened with that because I mean he didn't make it past the Christmas tree <laughs> before he was you know that those calm trails coming off that big year uh, those Goodyear Eagles. So he'll be back. Nobody's worried about that Phillips in that car, but. Hey, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to Jim Maroney. I actually interviewed him on Friday for Competition Plus and just Wait. a great, great dude. Like he was super excited when I came over and asked him, asked if I could interview him. And he has a, a great story. He may not be a household name in the yeah. NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series, but he's still a cool dude. And he's a badass. He's not, he hasn't just driven top field dragsters. He's driven nostalgia funny cars. He's driven Phil Alters. He's driven nice. sprint cars. And it's a family thing for him. He has his two sons out there, his daughters. I believe he has two daughters also. His nice. wife out, is out there. His dad's out there who used to drive, you know, funny cars back in the day. Like this is just a full family affair for him. Love and he's just having fun. You know, the next time we'll see them on tour is Sonoma. Okay. Uh, in in the summer and in Seattle, they usually just run all the West Coast races. But just want to give a big shout out to Jim Roney. Like you said, best reaction time of that quad, and they're just getting better. They're getting better as a team, and I uh, hope to yeah. see them do well in the future and, and continue to grow their operation. Great yeah. dude, right there. Great dude. Yeah, I love that, and that's that's how you get good in these in the in the nitro classes. The more runs you make, the better your 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 program is going to get. You know, mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, Terry Haddock didn't just get you know competitive overnight he made a lot of runs over the years and that's how you get information with these cars you have to run the car you have to run it you know it's expensive to run these things but you got to pull it to somebody's drag strip and make a run because that's how you get the information we're going to keep going because i'm I'm, I'm, gonna stop talking again (laughs) in the second quad what you got you just (laughs) i love terry haddock but you mentioned terry haddock and he didn't even qualify (laughs) He didn't qualify. He didn't. They backed him up. He didn't even get to make a hit uh, to try to get back in there. Uh, so tough break for Terry Haddock. Oh, we love Terry Haddock, though. He'll, oh, yeah. We love Terry Great Haddock on the Nitro Performance Guide. We love him. Uh, so Steve Torrance, Brittany Force, Josh Hart, Cameron Foray. That's a solid quad. I tell you what, I'm a big fan of Cameron Foray. I, I love his energy. I like he's very poised. He's very well-spoken. Uh, you know, everybody likes to bring up the, you know, the BS with him and Steve at, at Pomona a couple years ago. But I just I just he's such a racer and he's mm-hmm. just happy to be out here. He was driving Terry Haddock's uh, car this weekend for uh, Circle Racing Wheels. He was in lane four. And Josh Hart, RNL Carriers, love Josh Hart as well. Again, another good guy for our class. Uh, Brittany Forrest and Steve Torrance. I think everybody was really paying attention to lane one and two because uh, mm-hmm. you know they're going to come back around a couple times, right? So they're kind of like got a little bragging rights. Like, okay, well, let's race. So uh, Brittany Forrest gets off the line first in that quad. Uh, Steve Torrance actually wins the mm-hmm. quad. Brittany is less than a car length behind. Uh, 3.720 at 327 for Steve Torrance. He was better at every incremental on the racetrack. Uh, Brittany Forrest, 3.747 at 334. 
0.32 miles an hour. Listen here. A setup for what's to come. A setup for what's to come. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And you know, speaking of Brittany Forrest and Steve Torrance, I'm not going to say it right now, but for the story, we're going to talk about it a little bit because we're all talking about the story. You know, it's all about the story and you know the best story for the day and you know what to talk about. And so we're going to talk about it when we get to the final round because there is a great story between Steve Torrance and Brittany Forrest. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so Josh Hart, no stops, three point seven nine eight, three hundred twenty six flat there. Cameron Ferre did not get down the racetrack five eighty nine in the interest of fair reporting so in the race of four wides we had a little bit of a short field this week in top fuel so there's only three in this next pair or this next <laughs> see i'm so conditioned to say pair there's only three in this next quad we got mike Celine's number one qualifier antron brown and tony schumacher man that's a nice looking trio there or or what did uh alan say he said a triplet you know i'm a musician so i appreciated that <laughs> and then joe goes well, you could have found something better than that i had words <laughs> i said excuse me sir <laughs> but anyway how about the number one qualifier goes down 300 mm-hmm. on the on the tree Ooh. and trying well, to it happens i mean it's yeah. worldwide racing we know the difficulties that these drivers have said about the staging he probably just got distracted and it happens and yeah you know I mean, we'll move on to, we'll move on to the next one yeah, that's not a testament to him getting off the line because we know he's really improved that uh, over the years. But 300. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's... Yeah. Okay. So then we got Tony Schumacher. Not much better at 119. But again, it's hard. It's hard this this for a while. You see some of the greatest racers of all times, you know, struggling with this. And, and the, the, the reaction times aren't great. So, mm-hmm. and, but that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um Mike Salinas was actually the quickest to 60 foot, 849. Um, however, he will not get down the racetrack. Um, and Antron Brown, and uh, actually, he did get down the racetrack, uh, 3.779, 326. Uh, but I mean, he was probably a car length more, you know, by probably 330, he was probably a car length behind everybody. Well, Schumacher had a cylinder out. And Mike, Mike Salinas was running him down, just ran out of real estate because yeah, he, he was. you know, it, look at the look at the uh, 16 mile per hour difference at the finish mm-hmm. line, 310, 13 for Tony and 326. He was definitely if they were going, st- they were still going quarter mile. He definitely would have ran him down uh, 388 for Tony Schumacher. But he's going to advance for the Maynard family and Antron Brown for Matco tools on your hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hankster for Sirius XM is going to get down there 3.754, 328. Biggest speed of the quad. Hey, how about Mike Salinas and Antron Brown? Pretty close at 330, uh, 214.9 to a 214.3. Uh, that's pretty close. I mean, we're talking about six thousandths of a second. These cars are making 12,000 plus horsepower, and we can get them that close. Like, I that, that's just so impressive to me. In the final quad of the first round we got Doug Collette, Sean Langdon, the teammates Leah Pruitt and Rob Passy. Leah Pruitt's going to get down there first in that code 3 uh, blue very nice looking front uh, top fuel car this weekend and she was first off the line 042 3.740 at 327 miles per hour Sean Langdon is going to be the second one across 383 316 so we know he wasn't making a great run but he got down there first uh, or before uh, Doug and Rob Passy but here's the another story here Doug Kalita 
is going to win, or I'm sorry, he's going to lose another first round. Um, so, again, we said it yesterday on the show. Uh, I don't think it's time to worry. But, I mean, if you would have told me after, you know, AJ coming over on board that we're going to see this many first round exits, I don't know if we would have believed you. And none of us, none of us said no, we wouldn't have believed you. Uh, but it's it's the reality of it. Three first round losses to the first four races of the season. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like you said, who, who would have saw that coming? And here's the thing, though. Doug Coletta was on a pass before it blew up. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like he was he was about to advance. It just it blew up. At a, I believe around uh, yeah. just past half track. No, around half track. That's when he's no, it was about past half track when he started to blow up. Yeah. Uh, but man, just 213 tough. 5 to 330. That's the best 330 we've seen yet. Yeah. So he was on a pass. You could yeah. tell from my vantage point, too. I was recording in, a, recording in the stands. He was ahead of a lot of a lot of them, you know, off the line, you know, from when they when they passed me and he was going to advance. But the car just, you know, gave up and he blew it up. But yeah. man. Just a tough, tough, tough start for that team. And it just yeah. like just seems like Doug just cannot catch a break. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. So his last first round loss in Phoenix, that was against Rob Passy. Rob Passy's another lane this time again. So I thought that was pretty funny. Obviously, Rob Passy didn't advance either, but it's just funny that Rob Passy was, you know, in the same race that when he lost first round just a couple weeks ago in Phoenix. So I thought that was funny. But man, no time to worry. It's still early. And yeah. like I said, there's still a countdown. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long, it's a long season. Long it's season. A, it's a long season. And um yeah, so I like I said, I don't think there's anything to worry about uh, for the Mac Tools guys. I don't think there's anything to worry about. So let's start Nitro Funny Car round one, putting a period on top fuel round one. We got Blake Alexander, Robert Hyde, Tony Gerardo, and Bobby Bodie with the Casino Royale. It's Vegas, baby. So that's a good, that's a nice looking car in Vegas. We got Tony Gerardo. That's a good funny car. I'm telling you what, you you gotta watch that car. Uh, it's going to go down the racetrack. Then we got Robert Height and, and and Blake Alexander. We've already talked about Blake Alexander and how well that car has been performing. Uh, and he's going to advance along with Robert Height, who's going to get down the racetrack first. 3.904 at 329.99 miles per hour. Allen said it on the PA. Oh, let's just give him 330 because he had it. He had it. Um, Let me see. Uh... Tony Gerardo was first off the line, uh, 115. Again, the reaction times are not going to be something that you go and <laughs> home for about, you know. But you got to factor in everything else, you know. The, the, the fact that they're looking across, the, you know, all that crazy stuff on the starting line. Uh, so, hey, whatever. Uh, but 316 to the eighth, uh, you know, 888 at 60 feet for Blake Alexander. Uh, Robert Height was quicker, but just by about, you know, not much, not much quicker. We got, we, we're talking thousands of a second there that, that he was a little quicker there. Blake was right there with him for head contracting and engineering. Uh, but the Southern AAA of Southern California is going to advance. I don't think we were surprised by that. Uh, they're starting to get in their act together. Yeah. No surprise at all. And, and, uh, I heard, um, uh, I'm blanking names now. Uh, top your reporter, Amanda Busick. Amanda. <laughs> I'm just Amanda. like <laughs> Amanda Busick. You know, she said, you know, she asked Robert, she was like, you know, uh, 
all the problems are out with their operation or something like that. A, a question like that. And Robert's like, yeah, I mean, we just, we saw conditions we had never seen before in Gainesville. So we kind of have to throw that one out, but getting back to Las Vegas conditions, we know laying down great consistent run. So three ninety right out of the box. Can't complain about that. And like Alexander right there with a three ninety five, Jim head, grizzly old veteran have that car going on down, but man, you know, you think about Bobby Bodie, great young kid, oh, the yeah. face, the future face of Nitro Funny Car, the future Absolutely. face of NHRA Drag Racing, the youngest one out here. Mm-hmm. I loved his interview, just saying, man, I'm just happy to be here. Like, even though yeah. we lost, like, I'm just just happy to be here, man. I'm having so much fun. And Tony Gerardo, another one of those nostalgia guys. You know, I, I'm going to say it all the time. I love Nostalgia Funny Car, and Ger- Tony Gerardo comes from Nostalgia Funny Car. So I was rooting for him. Unfortunately, they both came up short, but Robert Hype, man, that Triple yeah. S on the California uh, Chevy Camaro, 390 right out of the box, great run, 329, moving on around number two. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, we, we, we can't forget where we came from and the nostalgia is so cool because, you know, it takes fans back to when they were, that was the big show cars. Those were the big show cars at one time. So, Mm -hmm. and it's also cool to see, you know, where the future of the big show funny cars drivers are coming from, you know, we got Mm -hmm. Tony Gerardo, we got Jason Rupert, you know, two, uh, very, tested true drivers in that class so you know it, it's it's just and that's why i'm starting to pay attention to that and and you know the alcohol classes because that's where our drivers are coming from you know uh but cruz pedragon john force alexis DeJoy, and jim campbell and that beautiful kgc red and white wrap i love that that was so beautiful am uh, i the only one who wants to say kfc whenever i see that paint scheme okay. i always want to say kfc I really had to look at it because I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I just want to say red and white. I mean, yeah, red and white. <laughs> like I was be like, oh, there goes the KFC paint scheme. I mean, well, it was <laughs> it was one letter off, KGC, right? <laughs> but anyway, so we got John Forrest and Alexis DeJoya. We got John Forrest advancing for Blue Death Platinum, Kentucky greasy chicken. Yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky greasy that's my, chicken. That's my grandpa's Kentucky greasy chicken. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying Kentucky Fried Chicken, Kentucky Greasy Chicken. I don't know, just you know. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with a little grease every now. Kentucky, Kentucky Grilled Chicken. <laughs> make this work. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna keep trying to do that. It's, it's Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky Gravy and Chicken. There is gravy there. There is gravy in the restaurant. So yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, it's it's fine. It's fine. While, while so, you're talking, I'm going to continue to try to think of some more. You I, know, oh, try to think of some more. Okay, folks, you heard it. So we're going to have the rest of the show. We're going to have more KGC. Uh, every, I don't know. I think we're I think having, Kentucky Grilled Chicken was the best one. I like that one. Grilled Chicken yeah. is good. That's a good one. 3.932 for Alexis DeJoria outrunning the boss or the, the, the GOAT, John Forrest. 3.978. 3.28 for John. He outruns the the quad and speed uh and but he gets there first 092 off of the line for john forrest so you know say what you want i okay well uh okay okay uh he might have had it in a little bit <laughs> looking at that 60 uh nine uh 946 uh 3.97 I think he, that car was on pace to probably run a 93 because he ran a 93 in the similar conditions in Q3. So I'm thinking that might have been what the car was set up to run. But, hey, it's race day. Do what you got to do. Uh, you know me. I'm I'm a fan of the starting line game. So do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the right to do it. So do it. Uh, in the next one, we got Ron Caps, Tim Wilkerson, 
J.R. Todd and Jason Rupert. Jason Rupert is not going to get down the racetrack, uh, but Ron Caps is going to get down the racetrack 3.970 at 268 miles an hour. He wasn't running through the finish line, clicked it a little early. But again, let's look at the 660. 3.142. That's quicker than he ran in qualifying when he got the number one qualifying spot. Rolling. Yeah. 283 283 again in a funny car that's stout mm-hmm. you know uh uh 073 off the line so ron was ready for him in that napa funny car <laughs> but remember he had problems down track though seeing a he lot did. of smoke coming out at, uh coming out the top end yeah blowing it up they, at the top end so yeah. yeah and they interviewed dean and they said yeah it looks like something might have went wrong down there so we'll have to you know rip you know fix it and bring it back like <laughs> And we got to give a shout out to uh, J.R. Todd, too, because he was oh, having yeah. troubles and he, he pedaled his way to a victory right there. I mean, yeah. J.R. Todd does not get enough credit for how great a driver he, he was. He, he was he pedaling for his life. If you, if you heard at the racetrack, you could hear him on and off the throttle trying to get that car to the finish line. It was it was pretty great. Pretty amazing we, to see. And, and we know these things are not quiet. So when they, you know, we're used to them stomping on the gas, staying on the gas until they cross the finish line. But when they pedal, you know how I feel about pedaling. I mean, we need all, all we need to talk about to give credit to J.R. Ty, whose autograph I have right here, because, you know, this is a piston he uh, gave me. I won a, a prize a couple years ago. But anyway, uh, that was in his funny car. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but all we need to bring up is Sonoma with Jack Beckman. Mm-hmm. 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 You, you, you're not going to get any gripes about how great this man is when, when pedaling a funny car. Mm-hmm. So that that's all we need to say. Yes, Jr. Ty will advance for DHL CMR roofing. Rev Kim, he's going to get down there. Not representative, but again, he got down there. He got there before uh, Tim Wilkerson and Jason Rupert, and that's all that matters on race day. In the final quad of round one, we got Bob Tasca, Jeff Deal, Matt Hagen, and Chad Green. We know that Bonco car can run with them. Uh, that's that's pretty much a Tim Wilkerson team car in disguise. Uh, they they work with them, uh, and then the surfer you can't you can't count him out either. Uh, with you know, but we get Matt Hagen for TSR and the Dodge Power Brokers getting down there first three point nine two nine at three hundred twenty three, and then you see Bob Tasca getting down there with that beautiful BG uh, paint job three ninety three. Oh, I'm sorry, 392.9, same ET, same exact ET, but he's going to get the nod because he had big, bigger speed, 326.32. We know Mike Neff knows how to get aggressive. He did it when he tuned John Force, and we know Tune him he, to a championship. Yeah, yeah, and we, we know he, he liked to get aggressive when he was tuning Gary Selzy. So he's an aggressive tuner. Uh, and so that 392 doesn't surprise me. Bob Tasker in that car is always up there in the conversation in the top five. It's always up there uh, when we talk about ETs. Uh, I mean, let's not forget he's our defending event champion as well. Won this exactly. race last year. Exactly. But, you know, I talk, actually got to talk with Bob Tasker over the weekend. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, hey, so, you know, you, you had a great year last year, came out strong and actually finished a year strong with the win at Pomona. Did you kind of want to, you know, bring that momentum into the season? He was like, yeah, of course, you know, but obviously that hasn't happened. He said, 
We have the same parts. We have the same pieces. You know, we're trying. The only thing we're trying different is we have a new clutch pack. We're trying something different. And it's given us some problems to start the season. But, you know, when you got Mike Neff, he has all the confidence in the world. Mike Neff, John Schaefer, you know, they'll get this thing turned around. And I think it won't be long before we see Bob Saska back in the winner's circle. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but before we move on, how about Chad Green? 3.937. Mm-hmm. 3.12. That car might not have been running through the finish line, but again, that that reminds me of that that run that I feel like I bring up on every single episode. Mike Salinas, three sixty seven with no <laughs> header flames. That's your favorite I, run of all time. Hey, look, because when you understand, and you know, you know too, when you understand what these cars are actually doing, and t- to know that they're set up to run out the back, and just think of what that could have been. But the fact it doesn't matter. We you know we 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 NHRA is like oh we we wonder what could have been. No, nah, let's not talk about what could have been. Let's talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. Three point six seven, no header flames. Mm-hmm. Just saying, just saying, just saying. So we're gonna move on to round two slash the semifinals because hey, four wides we get them moving quick. We get through them. Did you have anything else before we moved on? Nah, just. Just a great, great first round. I mean, we saw some great clean runs. We saw some great side-by-side racing. And here's the thing. It's just going to get even better as we move on around number two, the semifinals. This will be great. Yes, sir. So in top fuel eliminator, that was for you. Elite, The Elite Eight, because I'm still in the stuff from the March Madness. It just ended, but I'm going to keep it going all year round, okay? The just, Elite just, just, still, in- just still in everything. Still in everything. Hey, hey, still in everything like, right now, man. Dang. I can, never, can never have anything for yourself. As man. a musician. Man. I'm gonna say musician or imitation is the best form of flattery. Just saying. I'm just saying. Man. So, okay. Not, not got you copying me now. Jesus. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna let you have it. I wasn't even gonna say nothing. I was just gonna let you go. Nah. Oh, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> so in the first quad, we got Antron Brown, Austin Proc, Tony Schumacher, and Clay Milliken. That's the great thing about four wides. You get four cars. Usually, so, I mean, sometimes even in the first round, we even saw it in the first round where you get, just get four solid cars lined up next to each other. But you start to really see it when we get to second round. You see some really amazing matchups. Like, these four, like, that's great. Antron, Austin, Tony, and Clay. However, Tony Schumacher is going to advance. It's Steps gonna, up. It, yes, 73 with a three. 314 miles per hour, so that car wasn't running through the finish line, so it could have been a whole lot better than that. Yes, yes. Uh, and he gets there first with no flames going through the lights. Austin, uh, no, Antron Brown is going to advance 3.749, 320 miles an hour. Uh, Austin Proc with no slouch. He, he was no slouch on the racetrack, 3.783 at 327 759 and then Clay Milliken 3.786 at 323.89 miles per hour. We talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show. These are four full passes here, pretty much. I mean, my you know, Tony wasn't running full song through the finish line, but I mean, look, look at this like mm-hmm. four 370s. Mm-hmm. This is not something that happened like years ago in at, mm-hmm. at a four wide race. You know, you might see one or two getting down there, but I mean, this are three solid runs you know four solid runs yeah you know four solid runs three of them running full song out the back end like that's impressive that that i i that is so impressive 
Tony Schumacher was the only one sub three seconds, 2.980 at 289 miles an hour. I just think that stat of 660 feet from a standing start, if you look 660 feet down from wherever you are, he's going to be running almost 300 miles an hour. That that is that stat that stat is crazy. That's that is just a crazy stat. Uh, I'm sorry, I lied. Antron Brown was also sub three seconds to the eighth mile, two point nine 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 at two eighty eight. Another car almost at three hundred miles an hour. I mean, it, it was nice to see the former teammates getting it down there, getting it done uh, in, in the odd lanes, one and three. That was pretty cool to watch. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, not long ago, these were your t- two top guys in top field for a while, Antron yeah. Brown and Tony Schumacher. And, mm-hmm. and to see them, you know, obviously both have a slow start to the season. So to see them pick up the performance here in Las Vegas and go rounds and get to the final round, really cool to see. Absolutely. Uh, and in the, in, the next, in the next quad, we got Brittany Forrest, Steve Torrance, Leah Pruitt, and Sean Langdon. Again, we got four bad-ass hot rods on the starting line. Uh, Brittany Forrest. So in the in the all day matchup of uh, I call it a match race with Steve Torrance because they lined up every single round uh, and you know Brittany got him this time three point mm-hmm. seven two five at three hundred twenty nine point five eight miles an hour and Steve Torrance is also going to advance not far behind three point seven four four three hundred twenty eight. Point four six miles per hour. How about they were dead even at sixty foot? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing too: it's basically reverse of round number one. So remember, round one, Steve Torrance went three seventy two and Brittany went three seventy four. Mm-hmm. Well, you go into the semifinals. Brittany's the one who goes three seventy two this time, and gets to the finish line first. Steve Torrance goes three seventy four. So it's basically just a reverse from round one to round two. How yeah. crazy is that? Yeah, yeah, but we can't leave out Leah Pruitt for Code Three Associates and TSR. Good showing for them. Great showing. Great showing for them. Uh, the best weekend they've had uh, in a long time. Uh, you know, this this driver and this car, not necessarily the team, because, you know, this is a new team. Uh, but I know she was really feeling feeling good after this. You know, she, she might not have advanced, but I feel like she was feeling really good about this weekend. Sub mm-hmm. or uh, three seconds flat. Uh, just she was actually quicker to Steve Torrance quicker to 660 than Steve Torrance was by two thousandths of a second. So, I mean, this we know this car can perform. 3.745, mm-hmm. again, on the big end, one thousandth off of Steve Torrance. Mm-hmm. So that was a close drag race, and Steve almost didn't advance. Mm-hmm. You know, so Leah was uh, 068, Steve Torrance was 057. So it, it comes down to the starting line at that point when, when the cars are just that, that close. Uh, and then Sean Langdon will cross at 3884294 uh ran into some issues going down the racetrack but again they're still getting it together nobody's worried about that DHL car uh just like we're not worried about the other one uh it's still early but he's not going to advance anything before we move on to a funny car how about this top fuel final Three of the five winningest drivers in top field history in the final round, along with Brittany Forrest, who's no slouch herself, going to be one of the best of all time when it, when, she's, when it's all said and done, has hands down the best car in the country right now yeah. as far as top field drag wise. Like, man, a mon- no pun intended, a monster final round in top field eliminator. Yes. A monster final round, a fatal four. We had WrestleMania. WrestleMania was that same day, a fatal four away for the top field championship in Las Vegas. 
for the top fuel championship at the four wise man the elite eight in nitro coupe nitro funny car we got bob task of the third ron caps matt hagan and jr todd uh look at this one best squad of the day best squad of the day best best squad of the day hands down of the day the slowest the slowest et at the thousand foot mark 3.949 and that loses and they were they were side by side by side by side the whole trip down the racetrack. That's what we want to see, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why I I even know my dad. He he used to like because we, we would watch the I would make him watch the four wives with me, or ask him profusely so he would feel pressure too. <laughs> but he would always say I like watching the pro stock guys a little bit more because all you know all four of them are going to get down the racetrack because you know again. But look at this. Like we're seeing, we're seeing cars getting down the racetrack consistently, three point nine one nine, three hundred twenty miles an hour for Matt Hagen, who will advance, and Ron Caps in that Napa gear wrench, funny car, <laughs> will advance too, three point nine oh two at three hundred twenty nine miles per hour. But look at the other people in the quad, three point nine three six at three twenty six for that DHL Supra. It, with J.R. Todd and then Bob Tasker in that Ford, 3.949, 323 miles an hour. Everybody's over 320 here. Like everybody's sub 320. Uh, well, we got Bob Tasker at 320s flat at uh, 660. But I mean, everybody else is like 316, 316. Both the former teammates, Matt Hagen and, and Ron Caps, 316 at the eighth mile, 380, 281. All of those funny cars were 280 at the eighth mile. Look here. That was a good one. And I know that felt good going down the racetrack because, you know, the funny cars, are a little, they're not little. But that's the massage. Like, when they come up, your whole body's going to be massaged. But I know with four of them going down there, full song, wide open through the finish line, I know that felt good to everybody in the grandstands. Nah, I did. And no slouch for Jared Todd on the lights, too. 047, best light of that quad. You know, yeah. just, you know, when Ron Caps is going 390 and Matt Hagen is going 391, what can you do? Yeah. You know, but we talked about it yesterday. We talked about the big three in Nitro Funny Car right now. Robert Height, Matt Hagen, and Ron Caps. And I mean, they've just, they've set themselves apart from the rest of the field so far. And I know it's their early, only four races in. We'll talk about it some more after the final round. But I mean, Matt Hagen, Ron Caps, I mean, just laying down some great numbers all weekend long. And they're both moving on to the final round. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think anybody was surprised when those two Nitro Funny Cars got in the final. So in the second quad, we got Blake Alexander, Robert Height, Alexis DeJoya, and John Forrest. John Forrest for Blue Death Platinum. Alexis DeJoya for Bandera Premium Tequila. Robert Height, AAA of Southern California. Cornwell, Backbreaker Ed run. Long. Yes. Backbreaker run. Yes, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> and then Blake Alexander, head contracting and pronto. John Forrest gets off the line first, 079, but oh, at the big end of the racetrack. How about the quickest? How about low ET of the meet in the semis? 3.864. At 331.77 miles per hour. Listen, <laughs> Jimmy Proc, <laughs> Chris Cunningham, like, look, they, not only did they win the quad, <laughs> but they're like, hey, well, 
that's insurance. I mean, nobody's going to, I mean, well, not, we can't say nobody because we know that that peak car can do it. And, 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 you know, the Lexus DeJoya car can step up with Dale Worsham and Nick, Nicky Bonifani. We know they can step up and we know that Blake Alexander car can run with them too. Mm-hmm. But 386, <laughs> that's insurance for you. That just goes to show what happened in the final. I know we're going to get to it, but I mean, I, out of that, you have to say Robert's the favorite going into the final round, right? The conditions weren't going to change that much going into the final. Exactly. I think Robert was like the hands-on favorite going into that final round. But man, what a backbreaker run. 386 with a floor, 331 miles per hour. That was stout right there. And if anything, the conditions will get better for the final. So we mm-hmm. were expecting, you know, we're going to get there. We're keeping people waiting. But it's the first thing we talk about because Nitro Funny Cars before the big top fuel cars in the final. We got the final four here. We got Ron Caps. We got Robert Height. We got Matt Hagen. And we got Alexis DeJoria. No slouches in this final at all. Not even close. But how about Ron Caps? 3.914, 331.20 out the back end. Like I said, they found something with the big speed on that race car. Uh, because even if they don't run a low 390, they still got really big speed coming out the back end. He's going to get his first win as a team owner, 69th win of his career. I mean, Robert Height, we expected him to kind of run what he ran prior. But mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, there were some problems on the racetrack. It looks, mm-hmm. The flames looked a little wacky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... What can you say about that Napa car? You know, they, they've been chomping away at it. You know, I said last night on the show, you know, I think we all expected them to come out at the first race and win, but we knew it wasn't going to be long before they won. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Four mm-hmm. wide. Four wide champ here. Ron Cass from Napa, Auto Parts, and Gear Wrench. And, man, that, that that's nice to see that Ron Cap's car win. Nah, it is, man. And like I said, Ron Caps is one of the best to ever do a 69th career national event win for Ron Caps. I mean, just that's a lot of wins. Like people don't understand, that's a lot of wins in no. Nitro Funny Car. Yeah. Like it, out of all the classes, 69 wins, like that's getting it done right there. And, and like I said yesterday, Ron Caps, you could just tell he's so passionate about this. Like he's so dedicated to the sport and to for him to finally have his own team and to win this early. I mean, we're not surprised. I mean, right. come on. Still leasing parts from DSR. It's yeah. Same team still intact. Like you said at the beginning of the show, you know, it's all about keeping your team intact. And he kept that whole team intact. DSR parts, you know, great operation, great parts and pieces. You knew this is what it wasn't going to take him long to win the race, right. win a, get a, a get a race win. And so, and I mean, he's coming out of the box strong. He he qualified number one at Pomona, you know, and went to the final round, had a good, another good showing in Phoenix, another good showing in Gainesville. I mean, not surprised at all. Great win for Ron Caps. And that's the first of many this season. He's going to win a lot more races this season. And, like I said, this was – it wasn't super hot conditions this past weekend in Vegas, but it hands down was the hottest race of the year. Mm-hmm. And for Matt Hagen, Ron Caps, and Robert Height, all as it still gets to the final round, they've just shown that they've set themselves apart from the rest of the field. I mean, just it's still early, but those are your top three right now. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. But great win for Ron Caps. He was very excited. You know, I loved his celebration when he got out of the car, had his fist in the air, and then, you know, he was a little emotional in his top-end yeah. interview, and he yeah. was great in the media room, too. When he gave an interview in the media room, he was still kind of emotional, couldn't believe it, so it was cool, too. So he was in the media room. I was standing right next to him when he walked in, and I got to give him a good handshake and, you know, kind of a cool little quick hug real quick. So, so you know, got to say I got to hug the funny car champion in, uh, in Las awesome. Vegas. That was pretty cool. So, That's awesome. Uh, so really cool, but, no, congratulations to Ron Caps, and 
that was a great final round. Great final round right there. Oh, I yeah. said the, the quad in the semifinals was the best quad of the day. This quad wasn't too shabby either. Like it was pretty oh, great. No. And um, but yeah, that rubber height car just just kind of seemed like it got off the line kind of sluggish and it just didn't run through the middle of the track mid- at the middle of the course like it did the previous round. So yeah. unfortunately, but we've seen that before. We've seen cars, you know, lay down a monster run the round, the round before and it just doesn't run through the middle of the course like it does the next round, you know, whether that's the final or something like that. And that's just, just what happened to Robert. I'm curious to know what happened, but Ron Caps is your champion in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I mean, again, 395 four is the slowest of the, of the quad and, you know, that's not a bad run there, you know. Mm. Uh so but how about Matt Hagen was the quickest at sixty foot, eight sixty seven. That's that's aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's aggressive. And, and and uh looking at the Robert Hyde car, you know, he was first off the line by a thou uh beating caps off the line, but eight ninety six, you know, he was right on pace. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look at that, look at that power brokers car at sixties, eight sixty seven. That's that's mm-hmm. style. That's getting it. But you know, a lot of cars, some cars get it at the back end, some cars get it in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Steve Torrance is one of those cars. That's a good example of of. Pe- I think they run they run it hard to six sixty, and they. I don't think they just you know kind of mosey it on out the back. This is we're, we're comparing apples to oranges here. You can't you. The top fuel car, the funny car in and of itself, that engine is grumpy. And what it does is it gets after it. That's just what that engine does. Mm -hmm. So when I say this, take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, some cars get it out the back end. They, you know, you can't make up too much in the back. But you kind of have to be consistently. But but Alan says it every week. You know, he talks about the pro stock cars. Where if you're not getting it in the in in the front of the racetrack, you're not going to be able to make it up in the back. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we have at, at, as an advantage in in the nitro classes. But not everybody runs the cars the same. Some mm-hmm. kind of throw the kitchen sink at it after six sixty, uh, and some just kind of get it before six sixty. So again, it, it all comes down to math at the end of it. But I mean, like I said, like you said, I mean it. To see how emotional he was after he got that Wally, uh, you, you can see that it's been hard. You know, stepping into the crew owner or, or, or the team owner role, that's not something that's easy. So I, I, I really tip my hat to those guys that are that are really doing that. Um, but you, you saw how emotional he was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that's just a testament to, you know, people people call these guys, these drivers robots. Not not at all. Not at all. They still have emotions. They still have the highs and they have the lows. But, you know, to see that Napa car get it done, you know, in the wake of some news uh, coming up uh, for a manufacturer, that looks good. Whoever, mm-hmm. whoever you whoever you pick, mm-hmm. uh, that that's pretty um, surprising for whoever that is. Surprising. <laughs> I like that. Uh, for like for that. whoever that is. Uh, I'm really hoping. <laughs> I'm really I like that. I want to see I want to see that Napa uh livery on one of those Gazoo racing Supras. But anyway, let's talk about hey, the final. What? Hey TJ, before yeah. before we move on though. So yeah. coming into the event, Robert Height was your points leader by 11 over Matt Hagen. Oh yeah. Well, let's get the points. Let's get the points. Even though even though, you know, all three drivers went to the final round, if you think about it, so Robert Height in that final came in third, so he gets semifinal points. Matt Hagen came in second, he gets final round points. So technically, Matt Hagen went around further than Robert Height. So Matt Hagen 
is your points leader going into Houston. He has he's your points leader by nine over Robert Height. Robert Height said second, nine points out. Ron Caps third, 40 points out. So your top three drivers in actual funny car only separated by two rounds of racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cruz Petrogon fourth, 170 points out. And John Forrest rounds up the top five, 177 points out. Alexis DeJoya sixth. Bob Taska seventh, Tim Wilkerson eighth, J.R. Todd ninth, and Chad Green rounds out the top ten. Blake Alexander right there in eleventh. Missed the first two races of the season, but he's only ten points out out of tenth going into Houston. Yeah, that's stout. That's stout, and I think that Blake Alexander race car, uh, he's going to be in the conversation all year. You're gonna you're gonna have to talk about him. So for this top fuel find, I want to bring up something Steve Torrance said after the semis. <laughs> Oh, Tony Schumacher on his lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Say, hop your lawnmower up. Me and Brittany are coming. Steve Torrance. <laughs> that was funny. I remember when he said that. That was funny. I love the, I wouldn't call it trash talk. I love the smack talk. It's so cool. It's just like, oh, it makes you excited. How about, so let's, let's talk about these four drives before we go into it. Because, you know, we're both excited about this. So we're going to talk about it because we have the time. We're going to do it. Steve Torrance, Brittany Force, Tony Schumacher, Antron Brown, all of these guys and girls are champions, former champions, 16 combined champions sitting there on the line idling. That's impressive. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, you go up there and you go, I need to watch. I don't know who's going to win. You don't because... You saw Tony Tony Stewart. You saw Tony Schumacher step up in the previous round, 373-3. You know, you saw Tony, uh, you know, Steve Torrance and Brittany Forrest running consistently low 70s all day. And you can never count out Antron Brown because he's going to make you pay on the starting line. And he's going to run out the back end, too, because he has that ability. So you really go and you go, wow, this is genuinely a final round. I was like, I don't know who's going to win this. So, we know who won, though. <laughs> so, Steve Torrance, first off the line, 039. He was ready. He ready was to go. Ready to go. And then we have Tony. Sh- well, we're, we have the time. We're gonna, let's just go straight down the, the rows. Brittany Forrest, 065. 075 for Tony Schumacher. And 050 for Antron Brown. Antron is a consistent 50 lever. Like there was a time where, you know, people feared coming up against uh, Antron Brown. This was before really the starting line kind of came into play. Uh, but I mean, he was he's always been solid 50s mm-hmm. off the starting line at the 660 mark. We got Tony Schumacher was quicker, 850. Now, I was actually surprised to see actually I don't know why I went British, but I was actually kind of surprised to see. The sixties kind of backed uh, you know, the sixty foot times kind of backed off because we look at the previous, uh, you know, oh forty five, yeah, eight forty five for Antron, eight forty five for Brittany Forrest and Steve Torrance, and then Schumacher was eight fifty one, so not too far off for Tony Schumacher, just a, just a thou, but mm-hmm. look at the other two, they kind of. Not fell off, but maybe they set the car up a little differently. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, just because of what actually happened down there on the big end, they were getting it out the back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely getting it out the back. Tony Schumacher. This is when Antron Brown, Tony Schumacher, would go silent. And then 
we see that Capco car and then the monster car run. I like how you said it yesterday, racing into the sunset. And, you know, with with just how confusing it is, you said this yesterday, too, with how confusing that the, you know, with the with the scoreboards and the toggling, the speeds and the ET, you don't really know who's going to win. You, mm-hmm. you don't know who won, you know, but you hear that rumble and you hear two nitro top fuel cars going down there, getting it 3.71 to a 3.75. Oh, oh, but wait, <laughs> 338 flat miles per hour. How about the second quickest in the history of top fuel racing? By point seven team by point one seven at the same racetrack by the same driver by the same crew chief. All twenty nineteen Q two. Yeah, and so here's another thing because I because I'm gonna let you finish. No, I'm, I just wanted to say that I like saying it. But anyway, how about Brittany Force breaks the dominance of Steve Torrance at the four wides? Breaks it. Yes. Breaks yes. it. Breaks it. But here's some more facts, because, you know, we got to look at the splits, too, because that's where the story is. So uh, to get from 660 to 1,000 foot, 340 feet, for these two cars to cover that, Brittany Force, 0.724. That's under a second. That's great. Plus 44.46 miles per hour (laughs) in 0.24 seconds. Oh, but look at. Tony, Steve's Tony. Why do I keep saying Tony? Steve Torrance, 0.738 plus 37.64 miles per hour. So, like, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. But when the, the car in the other lane is running 338 out the back. What can you do? She had to, I mean, that was the one of the most, not one, yeah, I will say that. It was one of the most exciting races to watch happen on TV. Because Brittany literally had to drive around him. Yes. Literally had to drive around him. Mm-hmm. And as I saw her coming, because y- you can, you know, I-, I-, I see the cars and she's like moving. She's moving. And so is he. But he's like, and she's coming. Like, I'm like, oh, she's going to beat him. She's going to beat him. And then, <laughs> and then she beat him. <laughs> but nobody expected 338. I love Allen's genuine reaction. I love Al, uh, Brian Lone's genuine reaction. Like, that's amazing. Okay, I'm done. That was so exciting. David Grubnick, Matt <laughs> Savage. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, from my perspective, we're all sitting down on the starting line. Like, to see those two top of the jacks, like I said yesterday, drive off into the sunset. That's basically what it looked like. Like, I mean, Tony Stewart, and, I'm Tony Stewart, Tony Schumacher and Antron Brown go up and smoke and then it's left to Brittany and, and, and Steve to duke it out. You know, the, let's not forget these two drivers have finished one and two, three out of the past five years. Yeah. Like these have, these have been two of the best top two drivers in the world the last three out of five last years. Well, for Steve, he's, you know, won four consecutive championships in a row. Right. But these are two top notch top two drivers. This is a great rivalry that we have in top two eliminator. And for them to go at it, you know, them two, I know it's supposed to be a four wide race, but to see those two side by side going at it for the win in Las Vegas, that was a great race and great way to end it. 371, 338 miles per hour. But I would want to say this too. So like I said earlier in the show, three of the five winningest drivers in top field eliminator in that final round. We had a 75% chance of seeing history in that final round. Because here's why. Here, here's why. A 75% chance of seeing history. If Tony Schumacher would have won, 
he would have passed Bob Glenn on the all-time NHRA wins list with 86 national event wins. I mean, that's huge. 86 yeah. wins, that's a lot of wins, and that's passing Bob Glenn, the Bob Glenn. That's huge. The Bob Glenn. If Antron would have won, he would have sat alone third all-time on the all-time top fields wins list with 53 national event wins. If Steve Torrance would have won, he would have tied Antron and Joel Amato for third on the all-time top fields wins list with 52 national event wins. We had a 75% chance of seeing top field history yesterday. A 75% chance. And it didn't happen. Bernie Force spoiled it all. Yeah. And then yeah. did it and then did it in spectacular fashion in the process. 338.00 miles per hour, the second fastest speed in the history of top field drag racing. So once wow. again, and I yeah. And once again, we're, we're gonna stay on this. Uh but once again, we see the top fuel cars getting the funny cars on speed. Yes, again. Again, this mm-hmm. is this is another week that it's happened. So I don't know. I think I think I always think it's like a friendly competition between the classes because uh, you know uh, I-, I watched the it was like a John Force thing, and-, and this is when Courtney was still driving. But she was like, "Yeah, we got the we got the top fuel cars covered on speed." Well, as of right now, <laughs> in 2022. The top fuel cars are coming with those big speeds. I mean, we, um, you know, you're gonna see 330 out of the funny cars. They they just do that, like up, uh, hit the gas. About four seconds later, when the sound finally stops, you know, you see, you're gonna see 330 on the board. You're gonna see it at least once. Mm-hmm. But like, I like the stat of now. Now that we're kind of through with the race, I mean, let me say this real quick though. You talk about, you know, there's kind of like a little rivalry between the top field dragster and the funny cars about who has yeah. the better mile, the, the higher mile per hour. Yeah. It's legit a rivalry. Let's not forget when John Forrest was the fastest nitro driver in the world back in 98, when he went faster than the dragsters at Englishtown in 98. Mm-hmm. And he was called the king of speed for a while. Remember, you know, John Forrest was faster than the top field dragsters back in 98. And that was uncommon. Yeah. And for him to do that, that was that was pretty badass. So, you know. It's it's a def it's a definite rivalry, oh, and I'm sure the top field drive top field dragster drivers like to have it over the funny car drivers saying, "Hey, we're supposed to be the fast ride you too," you know. So yeah, and here's another thing: like, look at the national records. Mm-hmm. Like, funny car still got um, three thirty nine. Yes, three hundred thirty nine. Yes, now, but look at the but look at the top fuel cars; they're not far off. Not far off. Thirty eight. So I still think we're going to see 340 in our lifetime. I still think we're going to see that. Here's the thing, though. So we just seen this 338, right? We know NHRA doesn't want them going 340. Right. Can we see some changes coming? That's a good point. I mean, that would be kind of... The fans love it, though. Yeah. Like, if we just also... If we start backing these things down, I mean, yeah, 329 is great, but... You know the way this season has started, and we've seen all these 330 mile per hour runs. Like this is this is just what the fans want to see. Yeah. Like, and, and, uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm get it. The people on the podcast want to see it, but come on, look, look at this. Look, oh, my magnet, boom, boom. Come on, right? And then I'm gonna show you my shirt. You're gonna get a kick out of this. Hold on. So you know what's funny about that? Yeah. So I had a hat. I had a Winston hat from back in the day, and it says speed limit 325. Because oh. <laughs> nobody had been 330 yet. Yeah. You said that, and, and then the other thing, I don't know if it's going to show up on, on this, but look, look, fast as 
four letter word. You can insert your own four letter word there, right? I'll nice. I'll this to the racetrack. But like, I mean, let's let's talk about it. Like, we know that the, the safety is prime objective when you got cars that are making twelve thousand plus horsepower. You know that 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 is the prime objective. And I say it every podcast. If I don't, I need to. The cars that you know, the performance that we're talking about and that we're just gawking over, yes, it's amazing. But that's what these cars are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's what when you got eight twelve thousand horsepower, that's what the car is gonna do. Mm-hmm. But the important part is to get the car stopped, get the driver out safely. So could I see NHRA maybe stepping in and, and trying to, to, to do some things? Um, I can see it. They've done it in the past. Uh, but one thing we know about the crew chiefs in NHRA, Nitro ranks, I mean, and, and the whole, all of the pro ranks or really anybody that's a crew chief on any car that is at an NHRA event, these are very smart people. Mm. Very smart people. So to say that you put a stipulation on them and say, okay, well, you can't do this or you do this or you do that. You know, do you think, I, I think they'll be able to get around it. I mean, it'll take them a couple of races, but I mean, look at, look at where we are. We said it on the show yesterday. We said it on the show yesterday, number one qualifier, not 15 years ago was 410 or 415. The performance fell way off after the, uh, the bless his heart, the untimely passing of Scott Kalitta, you know, but the performance went because they were set up to run quarter mile. So, you know, they were Mm -hmm. running 370s, 360s, 380s, you know, that was, that was what they were running or four, 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 I'm not even used to saying it now, (laughs) 480s, 470s, 460s, right? Mm -hmm. But in the funny car class and then, you know, low 40s for the for the dragsters they were going to be in the 30s very soon but you know when when that happened to scott that really made them look at things and go okay well our sport is a spectacle in and of itself but we got to keep our drivers safe mm-hmm. so if the performance falls off i mean i mean it happened like the next race oh mm-hmm. no denver you're racing to a thousand foot mm-hmm period. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I mean, look at where we are now, where we got funny cars on race day, 386, 331 miles an hour in less time, in a shorter distance, 320 less feet. (laughs) And there's 338 in a thousand foot. Like, you can't really explain like and I and I do my best every week. We we try to do our best every week, people, to give you the gravity of what we're talking about. The three hundred thirties, the three twenty eights, the three twenty five, even the three twenties. Three hundred. I mean, the next big milestone we're gonna see three hundred at the eighth mile, you know. But that's fast, man. That mm-hmm. that is that is fast. And and like I told you, I bring it up too. I bring this up all the time. When I was down track, at I, I guess I was about maybe at 700 feet or so, when Brittany ran 337, dude, she passed me so fast. <laughs> 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 like, 
like not not even i mean quick and fast but like mm -hmm. dude I, I couldn't keep up and like the video that i got you see her exit the frame and i and i kind of like that because the camera kind of sits still and boom all, that's all you see these cars are moving these days so I, but however, and I say this all the time to people, because when I, when I say, oh, 300 miles an hour, 330 miles an hour, they go, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I know, but it's safer than your car. Those cars are safer than the car you drove to wherever you are driving to. Yes. I mean, we how many, how many situations have we seen where there was a collision at over 200 miles an hour? The driver walks away, bumps and bruises, maybe a little sore. You know, how amazing is that? But if you hit something 40 miles per hour in your car the wrong way, you know? That's a wrap. So it, it's just a, it's just a testament to all the safety. And I don't, I don't like using the word martyrdom or martyrs, but we had people that had divine purposes. Eric Medlin, when, when he passed. We got more padding in the in, in in the seat for the funny car drivers, cause that I mean that that class in and of itself just vibrates so much more than the dragster, and it's so much. I won't say it's more imperative because the the dragsters vibrate too, but you you're you're talking about a body. Could you imagine driving your car and the whole thing is just shaking and, you're, and you <laughs> you can yeah. you can the engines in front of you. And then you got all this clutch dust you got to see around, mm -hmm. but like, so, and and with the the Eric Melvin, just just as a, just a side note because I know we're going to Houston. I found out what happened after all those years. So we know how big these tires are. We know how big they are. So basically, what happened was one of them blew, and like, I think they said the the travel of the vibration that that ended his life was like like two feet or so so we're talking about two feet like this yeah but it's happening like this yeah we're talking about nitro so yeah. like i mean you know bless his heart he was shook to death yeah but because of that we got safer cars when daryl russell passed you know which blew my mind when that happened you know we talked about it now we have safer cars because even my, my Brandon Bernstein diecast has the open back and I look mm -hmm. at it and I cringe mm -hmm. because I know that killed a driver. Mm -hmm. But the thing about the NHRA is you can't prevent stuff from happening, but you can make it better for when it happens again, mm -hmm. if it happens again. And, and that, that's just, that's just, it's one of those things. Safety is important, especially when you're moving at this this rate of speed. Like people, you know, they spout these numbers off like it's nothing, but you you really don't under. And that's why I try with this podcast, and I'm so happy to have you now to help me do it. To have people understand just how amazing and crazy this is. This is not normal. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, not at all. Not at this all. It's not normal. No. So like when we talk about, oh, you know, they were. 3.28 to the to whatever, whatever, you know, 281, you know, we're spouting them off, getting it, getting through the numbers. But 
I mean, I'm just going to look at one just out of nowhere. 3.17, 280 for Alexis DeJoy in the semifinal. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. We're talking about in less than 3.2 seconds. This car was about at, at 280. But that wasn't even the fastest of the day. So it's just, I, I try, I do my best. And, and you know, you, you've celebrated me for what I'm doing and, you know, how cool it is and how unique it is. But I I don't get amazed very easily. I'm a classical musician. I'm a conductor. You know, it takes a lot for me to go, oh, wow, that's amazing. But NHRA has done it since I was 11 years old. And I didn't know what I was looking at. But I am very hard to impress. So when, I, when I'm gawking, I'm like, oh, oh, like, that that is genuine like you know it, it's crazy man it's crazy it's crazy it is crazy and to be there that i mean you could watch it on tv all day but you were there this past weekend so you could see like the acceleration is so different when you're in person like my first worldwide race since since 2018 and i loved yeah. it I love yeah. that. But hey, one thing, one thing we forgot. Like, so we did funny car points. We got to talk about top field points yes. real quick. So yes. here's the thing. Steve Torrance does not even want to race this year, and he's your points leader. He, Isn't that amazing? Steve Torrance, Steve Torrance has basically said, we're trying some new stuff to try to evolve because we know how competitive top field is this year, and he's your points leader, and he hasn't even won yet. Two semifinals, a second round, and a final round. And he's now four points in the lead over Brittany Ford. She sits second. Mike Salinas third, seven points out. So you're a top three, only separated by seven points. Justin Ashley's fourth, 34 points out. Your top four, only separated by two rounds. And Clay Milliken, where did he come from? He's in fifth, 75 points out. Wow. Austin Proc sixth, Tony Schumacher seventh, Josh Hart eighth, Doug Collette ninth, Antron Brown tenth. But here's the thing. Sean Langdon and Leah Pruitt, 13th and 14th in the points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and those are good cars. Yes. But we, we said this is how it was going to be this year, you know, mm-hmm. where there's going to be more full-time cars competing for 10 spots than we have spots. Yes. <laughs> you know? And, and yes. we even seeing that on, on during the race within a race, which I call qualifying the race within the race. Like, we got more good cars than we got spots. Yes. And it's like just the reality. There's legit going to be two cars that don't make it. Yeah. Because if you think of, you think about Leah Pru and Sean Langdon now, Doug Coletta and, and, and Antron Brown are ninth and 10th. But here's the thing, though. So Trip Tatum and Doug Foley are two finalists from Gainesville. They were in the top 10 after that. But, of course, they didn't show up to Las Vegas. They're now 11th and 12th. Yeah. Um, I believe they said, Lee said yesterday, Doug Foley will be in Houston. Yeah. So so I'm not sure about Trip Tatum. But you got Josh Hart 8th, Doug Coletta 9th, Antron Brown 10th. Who does Sean or Leah knock out? I mean, yeah. Like, who do they not like? If they get in, who do they knock out? I mean, this yeah. is crazy. Like, yeah. So, and it's four races in, and we're so already like, there's legit going to be two drivers that you expect to make the countdown that's not going to make the countdown that, that are not going to make it. Like, and they said it last year. You know, with with I call it hype in HRA hype 2022, but it's living up to it, man. It's living up to it because. There are going to be cars that win races this season that won't make the countdown. Yes. And I don't, I don't think we've ever seen that. I don't think we've ever seen that. So it's like, 
you're going to have to earn it. And, and, you know, Steve Torrance, you know, he's corrected Amanda a couple of times now when she's asked him, you know, how, how is this year's top fuel competition, you know, you know, stacking up how difficult you haven't had to win something to that effect, something like that. And he's like, well, they've all been pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, it's, it's, it's never, it's never easy winning a championship. Right. So it's no, like, it's not, so easy it's, winning, like, it's not easy winning a race. It's not easy qualifying. So you, you factor in winning multiple races. I mean, you're well, saying, we only have 15 cars. We only have 15 cars show up. It is, it is kind of easy to qualify. So well, just, just okay. saying, just saying, just, you know, <laughs> Yeah. During Williams, during Williams Jr. Everybody, no. But what I mean is like, <laughs> Jesus, <he's, laughs> this is why this is why he had to be the co-host, guys. He he's great and he's funny, and I'm funny, so we got to be funny, you know. Got to do it. But no, for real, it was it was quite easy to qualify. Kentucky grilled chicken, okay. Kentucky grilled chicken, KGC. Okay, that's the one with salad set. <laughs> That's the one we're settling on. You know, here's the thing, too. So, you know, we all know I'm black, right? But I, I prefer grilled chicken over fried chicken, you know? Well, it's healthier. I'm also black and love all chicken. I will take it fried. Well, not all chicken, but I'll take dude, it fried or grilled. Dude. I'll take it. I'm not an onion rings guy, but I had some great onion rings from Burger King today. No. Uh, Burger King has some of the best onion rings. Yes. Ever. And I didn't like, okay, so I grew up, so White Castle was like, Ugh. yeah, okay. The well, first time I had White Castle was the U.S. Nationals last year. It was disgusting. Okay, well, you got to like, get I, another shot. Man. Like, I le- like, me and my dad went to the U.S. So, me and my dad went to the U.S. Nationals last year, right? And we yeah. left the track at around, like, 10 o'clock. And, like, the only thing that was open was White Castle. Never been. And it was garbage. Okay, well. Disgusting. It was probably not a good one. Because <laughs> me. Growing up with it, but I, I bring up that to say, I didn't really like onions. I'm very picky. I don't like onions. So, to for me to eat an onion ring, Burger King has it has they they figured it out. I think they got like David Grubb and Max Savage back there or something. They 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 have figured something out. To all the Midwest listeners of this show, White Castle is disgusting. I'm sorry. I mean. But still subscribe to American High Rank Entertainment, though. And Nitro Performance Guy. Yes. But White Castle is disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will never be going back in. Like, I don't even know if that was real meat. I well, don't know. What, I mean, well, what is real meat? I mean, McDonald's meat. That's not real meat. I mean, I guess not. So, But the meat from White Castle, I was like, what is this? I'm sorry. I have heard that before. But when we go to White Castle now, I don't get burgers i get chicken chicken rings are you sure it's real chicken i'm pretty sure it's real chicken tastes like chicken okay (laughs) okay (laughs) oh my god okay well that was forty four thousand stomping down the strip people i hope you enjoyed it this is Darren Williams Jr., my new co-host. Is it forty-four thousand or forty-eight thousand? Let's get it right. Gonna, is it forty? I'm gonna, is it, I'm gonna is it forty-four 40, or forty-eight? It's forty-eight. But everybody keeps saying, "Okay, we're gonna talk about it because we got time." I don't care. Forty-four thousand horsepower would equate that all of them are making eleven thousand horsepower. That is such a outdated number. They grow in horsepower 
every single year. So let's do the math. Eleven thousand horsepower. That's a lot of. That's a lot of horsepower. Okay, N nothing to stake a, uh, stake a shake at. Shake a stick at. But three hundred thirty-eight. I'm sorry, twelve thousand horsepower. So that would mean that it's forty-eight. So this is what Allen did this weekend because I was kind of wondering to see the widely accepted number still is eleven thousand, and it blows my mind because. I heard 12,000 on the Nomex effect a couple years ago where J.R. Todd said, yeah, you can't even, we, they were talking about um, like hot racetracks and they were like, well, you can't even use the whole 12,000 horsepower. And my eyebrows went up. I'm like, whoa, that's the first time we've heard that. So it's 12,000. It's, it's 48,000. So I will, when I, when I named the podcast, I will name it correctly <laughs> because well, that's, here, the, that's the number I accept. It's 12,000. Here's, here's the thing too. So nobody likes odd numbers. Even numbers are just cooler, and twelve thousand just sounds cooler than eleven thousand. Just saying. It's true, true, true. Unless before. the the only the only odd number people like is number one. Let's be honest. Three is pretty cool too. It is. I can't lie. It is. Okay. But after that, <laughs> oh, twenty three also twenty three. So for Jordan. Yeah, people like thirteen. I don't. Okay. Well, some people other than Darren like 13. Who likes 13? Well, why is 13 so great? I, I, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying people like it. I, I, I don't Who, know. I, I don't Who, whoever likes 13 in White Castle. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're both terrible. But still subscribe to American Hot Ride Entertainment on YouTube. Yeah, he's pretty great. He's very entertaining. You get to see my face sometimes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we're going to start doing some live stuff, people. Uh, you know, with bringing this guy on board, like, we're going we're gonna to wrap up the podcast part of it, and then we're probably going to keep talking. But it's such an honor to have this guy as, as a, you know, I remember when, you know, you first wrote me after the U.S. Nationals. That was interesting. And, you, you know, we talked about it a little bit and, you know, the, you know, we went on and went on and went on. And I said, you know, I, we should have a podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here it is. Mm -hmm. Here it is. So, you know, I, I'm I just can't say it enough. This guy is a class act. This one of the <laughs> smartest guys I know. And I know a lot of smart people, but like. I'm really happy to have him here. Like, I don't take his presence for granted. You know, I had him on week after week after week. And then I'm like, he's my co-host. <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't know why he, I'm calling him guests. He's my co-host. So Darren, I thank you for being here. And we're, we're the new Joe Costello and Alan Reinhardt, man. Nah, man. Appreciate you having me on. Like, like I said, I love what you do. You bring a different, you know, perspective, you know, to the sport and uh, like, you know, I'm all for it. So thanks for having me on. And, you know, first of many more podcasts. Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tune in next week. We're going to talk about things we didn't talk about today. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. We're going to talk about, you know, the future of the NHRA and some, you know, hypotheticals on some things that maybe they should try to think about uh, or maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but that's this one and we'll talk to you guys next week. Darren, anything for the people before we head out? Uh, nah, just everybody, you know, tune in to Nitro Performance Guy on the Nitro Performance No, I just messed that up. Tune in to the Nitro Performance Guy on the Nitro Performance Guide. 
with Darren Williams Jr. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And right, catch people. me, catch me in Charlotte. Catch him in Charlotte. Catch him outside. Okay. We <laughs> I had to do it. It was too easy. Okay. So we'll see you next week, people.